You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. We get to love each other through all of this and and help carry each other when we can't walk alone. And and really, we don't have to walk alone. When we did for so many years, right, in our act of addiction, like never alone, never again. My guest today is named Rachel K. Baldwin. She is the author of Against Such Things, a memoir of trauma, addiction, and survival. Welcome to the show, Rachel. If you wouldn't mind, uh, maybe we could just jump in and you could tell us a little bit about the story. Like we were talking about before we started recording, obviously you wrote a memoir. I don't want you to give away all the details because I want the listeners to pick up a copy and and find out about your story for themselves. But maybe just kind of tell us a little bit about the beginning of your journey, um, what it was like in addiction, and then we can go from there. Sure. Yeah. Hi, I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Rachel K. Baldwin. Uh, My book is Against Such Things, a memoir of trauma, addiction, and survival. Um, It really details kind of the pre-addiction or pre-substance abuse use part of my life. Um, There's a a lot of complex compounded trauma that kind of stacked upon each other and not much support to navigate it. Um, and I, for me, the story arc is really just addressing how, how someone ends up making the choice with quotes, of course, to become an addict, right. And like how that happens. Um, I, what I really wanted to accomplish is a couple of things. I wanted to humanize people who struggle with substance abuse and have experienced homelessness or incarceration. Um, there's such a stigma within our society, I feel that of us versus them. And I wanted to like paint a picture that literally anyone with the right confluence of events and, um, and traumas could end up where I ended up. Um, So I wanted to do that for the folks that maybe don't understand people within our community. And at the same time, I also wanted to reach out to people who have dealt with the things that I've dealt with because there's so much hopelessness and loss that comes with really falling down into that dark pit. And it's so easy to tell ourselves that we don't have worth or value and there's no way out. And I've done all of these bad things. I can never recover. No one will ever love me again. And it's just not true. It's just not true. And, and until, and unless someone shows people in that life that there is a way out, Some of them aren't capable of figuring that out on their own. I know I wasn't if I didn't have the support that I was blessed with later in life to find my way out, I wouldn't have. So it, you know, it was a couple of things that it's, my book is not like, it's not an autobiography. It's not everything that's ever happened to me. Um, It's a specific story arc of overcoming trauma and learning how to live life on life's terms. I love what you touched on there, though, and it kind of brought me back to that hopelessness Mm -hmm. that a lot of us experience in addiction and not knowing how to get out of that. Because I can remember before I found recovery, being in that that place of hopelessness, thinking that my life is always going to be like this. I'm always going to be using. There's no other way of life that I know 
you know, it, it's been my it's been my way of life for so long that I don't even remember what it's like to live without the drugs. Right. And I love that you're bringing that that piece to it and and breaking that stigma because that's one of the things that uh, it's like the tagline in in the podcast is breaking the stigma of addiction and mental health because there is like you mentioned such a big stigma around addicts in our society and and yeah. you know that that lie of once an addict always an addict is there and and mm-hmm. it's just not true no there's there's that we're living proof mm-hmm. that that we can overcome that addiction and that that we're so much more than than our past mistakes so i love that you're bringing that to the forefront in that book. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really important for me as I wrote to make sure that I didn't caricaturize uh, my experience. Uh, You know, there is a lot of trauma that happens to me and it would be really easy for me to settle into all these bad things happened. And that's why I did uh, these other things and not take any accountability or responsibility for it. Um, or to just vilify anyone who was the bad guy in my life. Um, But that's not accurate either, right? Every single one of us, whether we are an addict or not, does bad things, does good things. It doesn't define us as an individual. Like that that core of who we are, that spark is always there. And we get a choice on how we're going to respond and react. And I didn't realize I had a choice for so long. Like I thought, well, I... I gave up my kids to chase a bag of dope and I, I did this and I did that and the other. So I'm worthless and not redeemable. And it's just not true. You know, um, once we remember that we are beautiful beings, no matter what, then it's a little bit easier to step away from the things that are killing us. And, you know, it's not something we can do alone. It's what we get to do as a community and not just this insular community within the recovery community. Like, I'd love to see it be something that was understood as a whole within our society that everyone deserves another chance. Everyone. Because, you know, whether or not you've picked up drugs or robbed a convenience store or whatever, I'm sure that you've done something that you're not proud of. And if you were to be, have to have that painted across you everywhere you went, like a scarlet letter, you know, no one wants to live from a place of shame. And when we can step away from the shame and step away from vilifying people that seem other than, then we can come together and lift each other up. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. And just that idea of of us not being defined by our past mistakes. And like you said, we've all done things that we probably aren't so proud of. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's beautiful. I, I love that sentiment just to, 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 to spread that message. And, and I can hear it in your voice, just like the, the, the love and kindness and compassion for others. And, you know, I think that's something that the world could really use a little bit more of is, is some love and understanding and, just that that peace and harmony, man. Like mm-hmm. we, uh, we're always looking for those differences. We're always comparing ourselves, and and you know, I can even relate to like in the beginning of my recovery journey, like going into the rooms and and comparing myself to other mm-hmm. people, and you know, always looking for those differences and and not looking for the similarities. And I think right. at the end of the day, we're a lot more similar than we are different. I mean, we all are, no matter who we are, no matter what we believe no matter what our political leanings are, we all want the same things. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be valued. 
And, you know, if we can remember that and respect each other, no matter what, and humanize each other, well, we could go so far as a society. It's so much would change. Absolutely. So kind of uh, jump into a different topic as far as the book against such things goes. Was that something that you had always planned on writing? Are you are you a writer? Is that something that you do in your spare time? Or or was that story, was it just on your heart and you felt like you had to share it? What What led up to you deciding to write a book? Yeah, it was a lot of things, actually. I have always, always been a writer ever since I was very small. It's been something that um, I've felt uh, an affinity to and been drawn to. Um, I, you know, I talk about it a little bit in my book. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. We moved a whole lot. So I didn't really get the opportunity to develop like social skills as a small child and like um, how to make friends and all of that. Like, I missed that piece um, as a young person. So I found uh, comfort in books and I found my escape from the traumas I was navigating in stories. And then later, as things got more tumultuous for me, there were definitely moments, I suppose it would be considered disassociation, right? Where it's like, man, I feel like I'm in a movie. (laughs) Like This is like, this is crazy. I should write a book. Um, and then once I found my way to some healing and out of that lifestyle, it was just really heavy on me. Um, you know, I was really, uh, fortunate to have some pretty big opportunities kind of fall in my lap when it came to career and education and housing. Once I decided to make some different choices, um, I know that isn't everyone's experience. I know that there's some pretty serious privilege attached to that. And um, I found myself in a completely different world. Like I had, um, I was working in a a career field that was pretty high profile and I had a lot of connections um, and uh, government and um, law enforcement and some other things. And I, I ended up there without my past being something that I spoke about. I suppose you could say I was in the closet to some effect. So I found myself sitting at tables where people were making decisions about people like me, but didn't know that I was people like me. And I didn't have the courage at that point to speak and talk about my truth. And I just kept seeing us become more and more disenfranchised. And I I just couldn't it was so heavy on me. Like I I have to say something, I have to do something. And, um, you know, the opportunity presented itself a couple years ago, um, which didn't feel like an opportunity at the time I got, I got pretty sick. I had some health issues and needed to step away from working outside of the home. And as I started to heal from that physical illness, I realized, well, if not now, when, right? Like, now I need to do it now because, you know, I, I, I liken it to um, like the Titanic, right? When it's sinking and there's all these lifeboats and people are freaking out and paddling away with no one in the boat, but them and people are drowning around them. I didn't want to just have this pretty little life with this white picket fence and everything's great. And you can't tell that I used to get high and you can't, you have no idea, like I'm passing as a normal member member of society, 
um, I felt like I had been positioned into the space that I was in and I had a responsibility to reach back. So I did. And there was, there were people needing to hear it. The response I've gotten from my story um, isn't what I expected. Like there are so many people that it's resonated with and that have reached out to me and that I've connected with that I never would have had the chance to, if I had chosen not to share my experience. And I'm so grateful for that. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned that, that you were working in this space. So I guess I'm kind of curious to know a little bit more if you can talk about it. So were you involved in law enforcement or what kind of career were you in where you had this opportunity and you were hearing, it sounds like hearing discussions about addicts and and people of that sort. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be like, I worked at X, but I will tell you, I was not specifically involved with law enforcement, but I was at the level, um, I was involved in the level of decision makers making policy for um, programmatic funding. And that doesn't mean that I was doing that, but I was in their stratosphere and, um, and, and respected in the career field that I was in. Um, and like I said, it was just this confluence of events like, oh, opportunity, oh, opportunity. And it just kind of like all fell into place. And again, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say that anybody can go, you know, go and, and end up wherever you don't have to. You don't have to get to some, what is the thing? Social acceptability does not equal recovery, right? So just because everything looked fine, I certainly, although the lifestyle that I had 20 years ago where I had a needle in my arm and I was 92 pounds and I hadn't seen my kids in weeks, that was a really long time ago for me. And I was still not in recovery during that. You know, I was was drinking and um, hadn't dealt with my traumas, which is part of the reason why I didn't have the self-possession to be able to speak my truth. And, you know, the universe does for you what you can't do for yourself, right? So I, I had that opportunity to navigate a pretty serious illness and it gave me pause to really reflect on what I wanted my life to look like. And what I decided was I wanted authenticity and being being in a room full of suits, making decisions where I have no voice, that isn't authentic to me. This is authentic to me. Like all the mucky, dirty, this is the stuff I did. And this is, these are the places I went and I'm still a person and telling you about it. That's, that's what, that's why I'm supposed to be here. And that's one of my favorite quotes that you said there about the social acceptability does not equal recovery. And, and, Anytime I hear that, it's a great reminder. And, you know, it even reminds me of my own story at times where I've equated mm-hmm. uh, like the possessions and the job and and things like that to, oh, look how good I'm doing in my recovery and not actually taking into consideration the other aspects of my life. You know, what does my spiritual life look like? What does my relationship with my sponsor look like? You know, right. am I doing, am I staying involved in my program? Like I, mm-hmm. I have fallen for that trap before of thinking like, you know, I got, I got a car now, I got somewhere to live. I have all this stuff that right. I didn't have when I was using and I get caught up in that, that 
thought process of like, I made it, I did it, you know, I'm, I'm good. Um, so man, I, I love to hear people say that. I love to hear that quote. Cause it just, it's that reminder yeah. um, to me that, you know, we, we don't ever, we don't ever finish this thing. You know, it talks about in some of our literature that, you know, we're given that daily reprieve and it's always a great reminder of that. But you were talking earlier about just being in that place of like despair and hopelessness. Uh, maybe you could kind of share what your life looks like today and, and give that hope shot to somebody that's thinking about recovery or is new in recovery and, and hasn't seen like the, the beauty of it. So, you know, this, this is it's a great question that you ask because a couple months ago, I would have told you, I would have pretty much parroted back to you like the last chapter of my book. So, which isn't really a spoiler because the last chapter is an epilogue and it's kind of a tie up about recovery. So, you know, it looks like uh, my life is beautiful today. I was able to find someone in recovery and get married and we built this life together. Da, 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 da. And, you know, like that's not my story today. Uh, my spouse brought me divorce papers last week and, um, and I am still clean. So what I can tell you is whether you choose to get clean or you choose to stay loaded, life is going to happen. But what the gift is, is that I get to show up today and experience this and navigate it on an, on a public platform, because that's what I choose to do and share that no matter how scary and bad and overwhelming your current circumstances are, drugs and alcohol aren't going to make it better. Like I get to walk through this with vulnerability and transparency and I get to feel my feelings and I get to still respect her as a person and not mudsling about it. I get to talk about the parts that I had a role in. I get to figure out the lessons um, so that I don't repeat a cycle and go back to like people pleasing and looking for outside approval from someone else to feel to fill the hole that I'm feeling from this loss. So there are beautiful things about my life. I have a beautiful system of sisters in recovery that show up for me and I can cry with and talk things through and don't co-sign my bullshit. I have restored relationships with my adult children when there was a time where they didn't even want to look at me. Um, I woke up this morning without a hangover or dope sick. Um, and I'm really sad and that's okay because feelings are there to show you something. And if we numb them out with outside whatevers, then we're not going to learn what it is we need to learn. I appreciate you being so honest and vulnerable. And, you know, that's one of the beautiful things that I've found so far in this this journey of recovery is when people share their authentic selves, when they share the struggles that they're going through in their life and, and just the encouragement that that can be for other people in recovery and, and leading by example of just because you're going through this hard time, just because you're going through this difficulty, this loss that you're not having to pick up and, and numb those feelings. Mm -hmm. And, and I commend you for that. And, uh, and I'm grateful for you for sharing Thank that. You. And, you know, I've experienced other people in the rooms that, you know, when I was first getting clean, like people that that lost children or lost uh, parents and, you know, seeing them come to meetings and, right. you know, they're broken and they're crying and they're hurting, but they're not they're not getting high. And, you know, it's it's beautiful right. to see that. And, and it helps because, you know, as 
as I've stayed clean and I've come to meetings and, you know, I've, I've lost family members since I've gotten into recovery and I can look back mm-hmm. at those times that, where those other people have gone through those similar situations. And now I can use that as a resource and go to them and say, Hey, how did you do it? How did you get through this time without right. using, what did you do when, when you were overwhelmed with those feelings? And that's one of the beautiful things mm-hmm. about this recovery community that we have. And then, and then, you know, you fast forward a couple of years down the line and then there's somebody else that's going through that same thing that then comes to you and yeah. says, Hey, I remember when you, when you lost someone, your, your loved one, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. going through that same thing. Like how, how did you manage it? And that's, that's the beauty of, of, of recovery is that we're all here for one another. And, you know, if we're, if we're willing yeah. to be vulnerable and honest and open, you know, it, it just, there's just, there's something that, that you can feel there with, with that honesty, with that you know, when someone's being genuine and, um, you know, I, I truly do, uh, you know, want to express, um, you know, I, I, I feel the empathy, I empathize for you, but at the same time, I'm grateful that you're mm-hmm. willing to share that this in a, in a public manner and let people know that just because times are difficult, just because you're going through something that, that you can do it without having to pick up. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And thank you. And you're so right. Like it is, I mean, it's so many cliches, right? But they're cliches for a reason. It's we together. We can't, I can't do this alone. None of us can. And, you know, obviously it's devastating and it's super challenging and it makes the ending of my book be a little different in reality than it was when I wrote it down. But really the, the, the lesson for me that I'm taking away from this is like my recovery is not dependent upon my outside circumstances. It doesn't need to be. My recovery is dependent upon my inside landscape. And as long as I stay honest with myself and lean on my support system and tell the truth with integrity, I'm going to be okay, even if it's not okay right now. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to, the day after um, I signed divorce papers, somebody who's super, super close to me lost their child to a drug overdose and I got to show up for them, right? Like if I was, if I had chose to pick up to like numb out what I was going through, I wouldn't have been present for someone in that moment. And that's where the gift is, is like, we get to be there for each other. We get to love each other through all of this and and help carry each other when we can't walk alone. And and really, we don't have to walk alone. And when we did for so many years, right, in our act of addiction, like never alone, never again. I know I sound like just an in a book right now, but it's the truth. Like, unless I choose to isolate and not talk about it and like hide in my room, like but I know where that goes, right? I, in my head alone, not thinking, not talking to people, not telling the truth. That's a slippery slope. And I don't, I don't want to go back there. I don't ever want to go back there. I'm not willing to give up. Yes. I lost someone precious to me. I did. And that isn't my whole life. It isn't like I am a whole complete person with something to offer the world, just being me. And um, stepping into that is something that um, I get to learn how to do. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So we're kind of getting towards the end of the time. Um, but I wanted to give you an opportunity if, if someone's listening today and uh, maybe they're going through a hard time and they need somebody to talk to or, or they're interested in picking up a copy of, the, of your book 
what's the best way for them to to find you? Would that be social media or a website or what what's the best avenue to find you? Yeah, I'm everywhere. I have I'm everywhere. I'm all over Instagram. I'm all over Facebook. I have an author page, just Facebook slash against such things. And on Instagram, it's calm before the rage. Um, I have a website. Uh, my book is um my book is on Amazon in literally every format, paperback, card book, Kindle, audio. I am not a post and ghost. If you comment on my stuff, I will respond to you. If you message me, I will engage as long as you're not creepy. <laughs> um, which, you know, that's always going to be a thing, I suppose. Um, I will disclaimer, I am not a therapist. I am not your sponsor. I'm not going to be able to fix your problems. And if you're in crisis, I can hold space for you and help direct you to some resources that may be able to help. Um, You know, I have my lived experience to share and I have a multitude of lived experiences. So I feel there's probably something that almost everyone will resonate with within the story and how to kind of traverse it. So yeah, I'm here, man, all the time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I think that that's a new term for me, uh, post and ghost. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you for coming on the show today and, and truly being so vulnerable and honest and, and sharing where you're at. And I know that the yeah. the people that are listening are going to hear just that how genuine you are and, and how real you are. And I really appreciate you sharing that and, and letting us know that even when we go through those difficult times, even when we have those hardships and struggles in our life that we can still get through those and we don't have to pick up. Like that's, that's the biggest takeaway I think for anybody listening today is, is that yeah. we can get through any circumstance that life may throw at us to, to use another uh, recovery cliche life on life's terms. You know, we don't have to pick up. So um, thank you for coming on. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Rachel, thank you again for coming on the show today and just being so vulnerable and honest with us and letting us know the difficulties that you're going through in your life and reminding us that no matter what life may throw at us, that we can get through it without having to pick up. I would encourage you guys to check out the links in the show notes and pick up a copy of Rachel's book. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.